0: Welcome to the Bad Roman Podcast. On this show, we talk with veterans, community leaders, Christians, and non-Christians as we explore the entanglement of Christians with the state. The Bad Roman Project was created out of the firm
1: belief that as Christians, we are called to follow Christ, not the state. Here is your host, Craig Hargis.
0: Hey, folks. Guess who's back? My friend, Stephen, the creator of Anarcho-Christian, is back in more ways than one. We had Steven on way back in the beginning of this podcast, and I've wanted to have him back on ever since. I'm incredibly thankful for and will always feel indebted to him because of his work with Anarcho Christian. I found Anarcho Christian at a time when I was just discovering how anarchy fit with my faith, and I was hooked like a starving cat. Yeah,
1: right. We'd rather right. serve God than serve right. right Caesar. You yes. know me. Right. I'm just trying to live what he said. I'm just trying to live. Stephen, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Craig. Thank you. Thank you for having me back, and yeah, ready to uh, have our discussion today.
0: This is going to be fun, man, because I think it's something that uh, we talk about, it, especially in these uh, Christian anarchist circles, quite a bit. We're going to talk about voting, and we're going to talk about voting and how we vote as an anarchist or as a Christian, or we shouldn't be voting, or you know. And we're gonna we're just gonna kind of just flesh it out. You know, I think you and I are pretty close on a lot of these things when we, when we talk about this, but there's some things that we differ on a little bit. And I think it'd be fun to kind of uh, talk about that a little bit because I don't want to say, say, you know, you remember when Fox news used to say, we report, you decide, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, which is garbage.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They pretend that they're unbiased
0: and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to report and let, let the listeners decide on their own. Right. But not like Fox news does.
1: Yeah, see, I think that's a a really good way to go about it, especially on subjects like this that are contentious. And um, there are a lot of different opinions out there and there are a lot of nuances to the subject.
0: I agree. I agree. And it's but it's you know, it's funny because I try (laughs) I might even say I try because I don't try it because I, I have a bad habit of, of <laughs> wanting to just talk to folks and, and debate folks about this stuff. I won't do it on the show because I like to use it just to where we're having a discussion and we can, people can like, we're just sitting around having our, our beer or whatever. And people are eavesdropping in on our conversation and letting folks kind of make their own decision about how this goes about. But this, this topic to me is very frustrating. I can look at it as an anarchist and understand some of the, uh, And we'll get into defensive voting and stuff. I can understand that argument. But as a Christian, to me, there's no, like, no, no, no. There's no, there's no way we should be involved with it whatsoever as a Christian. And that's going to rub some folks the wrong way. And that's fine. But. I'm okay with that. But before we get into that, I'm really kind of want to talk to you about your Facebook page because you're back. Yeah. (laughs) Your Facebook page is back. And I was, I was really kind of confused when that happened, what, how that went down and what happened to that. I I know y'all were getting tagged a lot with Facebook and they were not, um, very well pleased with, uh, anarcho-Christian. I think it had a lot to do with y'all's growth because y'all were exploding. And it seemed to me like once they noticed that, and the, the, the outreach, you know, the, the the reach you had with Anarcho Christian on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's possible we became a target once we maybe reached a certain level of, um, of followers. But, yeah, it was taken off. And it was taken off for, I guess, various uh, memes that they ended up flagging. And they didn't even give us a lot of information on which memes it, it was. And they, they did not uh, give us a lot of information. Uh, they didn't give us a lot of, of ability or options to try to counter it or anything like that, and then it just was taken down, and there wasn't really anything we could do about it. But um, we've tried since then to do a few different ways to, to bring it back, and we finally found a, a workaround, and uh, so we are back. We have the page up, and the page has the same name that it did before, just Anarcho Christian, and uh, so, yeah, we're back, and we'll just try to start it again.
0: That's awesome. We've missed you, man. We've missed that because sometimes it feels like it gets lonely out here with the bad Roman. You know, it seems like our our Facebook page always teeters on whether or not Facebook is going to keep us around because you know, at the bottom where it says boost where you can boost a post or something, we've been at boost unavailable for the, for months now. Like really? Yeah. So I feel like we're like, they won't let us boost anything. You can't really promote it that way so I feel like we're always kind of teetering on that and it hasn't been so bad. Like they haven't really flagged us anything lately. Nathan who handles our social media for the most part is pretty ornery. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the memes he comes up with are pretty ornery. And so, so he's kind of always gonna he will send me some stuff to make sure it's okay. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, well, if I haven't had a six pack of beer, then no, but if I had a six pack of beer, yeah, I'd go ahead and post it. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's the one that's gonna that they're gonna get you, get you on. So. <laughs>
0: and then I hear from my
1: producer, and she's
0: like, "We need to kind of chill out on some of this stuff because," <laughs> and she's right. Like as much as, as as I hate to say it, Facebook is our biggest uh, fan base. You know, we're as far as the, the amount of people that we have following us is on Facebook. So
1: it was ours for sure. As well, it was by far more people were following on Facebook than anywhere else. Um, you can see on the website, um, you can see like where people come to the website from. And so, if you have your links up on all of your different uh, social media accounts, it would show you know X amount from Facebook and some from Twitter and whenever they clicked on your link. And it was by far more people were coming to the website. Uh, through the facebook links
0: yeah that's always really kind of cool to me To where i can i can look at those they do break that down for you like they can break down how we're how many people in in what state are following you know and how many people what country and how many interactions you're getting from folks how many people are actually going to the website from facebook so that's really kind of cool to me that, that that they will show that to us that being said, they're not always very kind to the bad Roman, and obviously not to anical Christian because <laughs> they don't like a lot of what we have to say. But that's okay. That's why we're here. Yeah, and keep Facebook upset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and so with uh, with the new rollout, we're gonna try to you know mind ourselves a little bit uh, better and just um, you know just take a little bit more care so that we can actually have something that doesn't disappear after we put so much work into it.
0: Well, like I said, I'm I'm glad y'all are back because it gets lonely out there sometimes and we feel like we're fighting a battle by ourselves sometimes out there on Facebook. But it is nice to see Anarcho Christian back on Facebook because we can be like tag team partners. I can tag you in and (laughs) I can go take a rest while Anarcho Christian is taking some heat. (laughs) Hey, folks, Craig here. And I'd like to let y'all know we are always looking for writers to contribute to our blog. I don't care if you have any experience or not. Two or three of our contributors have no prior experience writing, and it turns out they have a real knack for it. Our project coordinator helps them put the articles together, and she publishes them on our website and Facebook page, and you will also have the option to come on the show and go more in-depth about your article. So if you like what we're doing at The Bad Roman, and would like to try your hand at writing, then send us an email at thebadromanpodcast at gmail.com. We're having a blast with this project, and we would love for you to join us in helping promote it. Now back to the show. All right, so this topic that I've mentioned about voting, and I want to come at it from a couple different angles. We'll start as as an anarchist, and I've got my own thoughts on it. I know you've got your own thoughts on it, but as an anarchist, should we be engaging? the political process as an anarchist, because we've already kind of stepped away from that as an anarchist. I really kind of want you to kind of lay it out and how you feel about it. And then maybe I'll have some rebuttals and then we'll just kind of go back and forth and see see what we get.
1: Sure. And I I think uh, to start, I I think you and I are very similar uh, on a personal level on how we feel about things. And then also there's the other aspect of I guess what we think we should do and then the other aspect of what other people should be doing. And I guess that just comes down to looking at a topic to see if those actions are consistent with the philosophy of that topic. Yeah. So you have the anarchist philosophy and is voting consistent with that. And honestly, it's kind of similar to even the Christian thing. Uh, I know we can break it up into two different things. Like if you have a secular anarchist or a Christian anarchist, I think really with so many Christian anarchists they find their faith in anarchy there there's no two separate things about that you know they they came to anarchy as their faith grew and and uh, that's my story you know um you come to this position of rejecting all of these things about the state and uh, and it, it just was kind of parallel with your faith and um so the answer kind of sometimes is kind of the same thing for both And, um, you know, is it consistent, I guess, gets down to some of those nuances of what's the heart motive, what is the um, intent uh, with the voting, and what exactly you're voting on. I think that can be broken down to a few different things. If we're talking about um, federal elections, local elections, or even if, so, you know, somehow they gave us the ability to vote on a, a local bill or something like that where uh, they can have money go, more of the property taxes go to rebuilding a school gymnasium or a library and things like that. You know, there, are, there aren't many times that we get those options to have a say in, in things like that. And um, but when you do, uh, usually it comes up on a ballot whenever you go to vote for a local election or some sort of midterm election or something like that.
0: Yeah. I remember when I first got into libertarian circles and, and I'm sure you and I've talked about this, but there was, I was noticing anarchists in these libertarian circles and I just thought they were insane because it didn't make any sense what they were talking about. If you could pin one down, if you could find one that was not going to be a total snark and have a conversation with you, because anarchists are very snarky. And I don't know if it's because we're anarchists or or if we just have that nature about us and it leads us into anarchy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. It seems like
1: the chicken and the egg thing. But Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) it seems like every time I've come across an anarchist, there's some snark along the way that, you know, so without fail, it seems like they're snarky. And (laughs) I'm guilty of that myself. But I remember engaging these anarchists. And I was still kind of coming out of my neoconservative type way of thinking, understand a libertarian philosophy. And I really enjoyed and really liked the libertarian philosophy. It sounded a lot like how I really felt in my own life, even as a neoconservative, but I wasn't going about it the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? So but when I, could, when I was talking to some of these anarchists and the more, I, like I said, if I could pin one down and they would start answering some questions without being a total jerk to me about it because I was like, I was really trying to understand it, but they would just start saying my roads or, you know, and all this, you know, just being snarky, you know? So I, I would listen to it. I was like, all right, that's starting to make sense, you know? And I was always a little confused how anarchists even got involved with the Libertarian Party and this, I, I didn't understand how that came to be, but then- you realize what's the difference between a, a libertarian and anarchist about six months. Right. So, so they came from as being a libertarian into being an anarchist. And when I, when I finally started taking the hold of it and, and grasping this idea of being an anarchist, I was like, finally, I have found the most principled position that I could find when it comes to politics. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's so frustrating to me when I see people who are claiming to be an anarchist and then go back into politics, joining a libertarian party, running for libertarian uh, political office, running for, you know, I was like, all right, you've already made that leap. Why are you going back in reverse? And one of the things I hear from was, well, we're trying to get a message out. I said, why do you have to go join a political party to do that? I don't understand. Explain it to me because it doesn't make sense to me. It seems like you're 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 failing your own principles as an anarchist to do that. It seems inconsistent. And you, you you talked about consistency a while ago. That's one thing that I that bothers me is because if it's not consistent, and you're trying to talk to folks on the outside who are not quite as, as an anarchist, and then they see other anarchists who are going back and joining these political parties and getting involved with political office and promoting a caucus in a political party, and all this stuff, there's no consistency. And if it's not consistent, why would anybody latch on to it? That's why I latched on to anarchy because it seemed so consistent to me. It seemed so principled. I was like, finally. And so now I feel like I'm just battling anarchists more than I was statist. <laughs> and it, and it, 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 it drives me crazy, Stephen, because I can't understand why are you going in reverse? Let's keep moving forward. You can still talk to folks. You can still have conversations with folks yeah. that aren't quite where you're at, but don't go start playing their stupid, silly status games with them either.
1: Because to, to me, it's inconsistent. I, I understand your position with that. And I, I think that what it does, is it kind of gives us, if we we're to look at this kind of divided up into two different sides, and then we can go down those, those divisions into the little subcategories. Um, you know, I look at it, like this, uh, when you have this, I guess, predicament or this sort of, uh, thought of going one way or the other, once you're, once you've already completed your six month, you know, process out of libertarianism and into anarchism, you start looking at it. Um, and probably I think something that really appeals to you is kind of this, uh, once you've gotten to that point, kind of this complete, uh, complete, uh, t- taking yourself completely out of the political anything that even, I mean, even the discussion and it it almost has kind of this, uh, monastic feel to it, I think where I'm just going to be a monk and pull myself away from the, the sinful world, you know, of politics, of earthly politics, and just, and just, I'm just going to be here until, you know, God takes me home. You know, um, I, I get that. And I do, I do sympathize with that a lot. I, personally i feel that way a lot like i just i feel like i personally have done so much better the more i have pulled myself out just completely taken myself out of any feeling that the being politically involved is going to do anything and it's to me personally that's been very good for me and for my mental health of worrying about things and um, I feel like, and this is what I think is very appealing for this, is that a lot of us that have that position of just completely removing ourselves, we're able then to completely put our faith on on God, and it's not our faith is on God, but then also we gotta we gotta win this election, or what if the bad guys win the election? What if the the greater evil wins the election? I guess just to sum that up. There is that feeling of like once you've progressed to a certain point, you are completely removed. And I, I think that's where that appeals to you and your consistency of being completely out of it, of completely rejecting earthly politics and earthly kingdoms. And that that is a feels like a, a very consistent move. And so if you go the the other side of it is still there's some sort of there's some sort of participation. Whether you're uh, voting defensively, or you're de- or you're voting for what could what we could call the lesser two evils, um, or you're voting for something that's going to make it better, um, that would be the other side of it. So that is a whole another discussion on where can you participate in those different ways, whether you're voting or whether you are becoming uh, some sort of politician in some way. Um, at what point are you crossing over from being a defensive voting versus someone who thinks that they can do good. And then also I'd say there's even another category of someone who thinks to like, this is what we need to do because this is right to gain this power, you know, and then, and then make things better, make the world in, in the image of God or something, you know, that's another thought process. So, I guess where we're looking at the actions that you can take when getting involved in some way, like I said, getting involved yourself personally to become a politician or involving yourself just to defensively vote. Those are the different aspects, I guess that we can look at why people do that. Why anarchists do that. And it, is it consistent? Is it inconsistent? Is it, is it maybe just somewhere in like a neutral ground that some people uh, feel that it's okay. But maybe we can also look at it and say, it's okay if you don't do it either, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, well, I get it. And I, and I understand it. I, I just, I think it's one thing like, all right, so even as anarchists, we have very strong opinions about politics, or about the state. That's why we're anarchists. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to always have those, those opinions about this. And we're always going to have, we're going to be very outspoken about it because we understand what the state is capable of. We understand what how the state operates because it's all on violence. Right. And therefore, it's immoral. Therefore, it's immoral. And it, uh, we're still st- talking about just the side. Uh, th- that should lead us into, let's talk about it as a Christian then because.
1: Yeah. How do you get involved in that?
0: Yeah. So we should be very vocal. We should be out there protesting the state every day, non-violently. right? But I don't think getting involved, this is where I'm at with it, I don't think getting involved with a political party, and I pick on the Mises Caucus a lot, and you know that, and you've seen our friend Eric Campbell pick on them a lot too, and it's it's always fun, and, and we're just being snarks, but I pick on them because it, I'm at the point now that I don't believe that there are any anarchists in the Libertarian Party. There might be anarchists in libertarian circles, but but anarchists involved with a political faction, a a, a political party faction or caucus, I don't believe you're an anarchist. And I may be very, maybe I'm being too dogmatic about this. I don't know, because it's it's not it's not consistent to me. Now, one of the things I always hear from, well, we got to get a message out. Come on, man. Y'all have all got podcasts. How many libertarians you know that doesn't have a podcast right now? <laughs> <laughs> so, why can't you use your podcast to get your message out? Why do you think that you, that you need to use a political party to do this? And here's the other thing, getting back to how we know, that, understand the state as being violent. You understand as an anarchist, we're not supposed to be behaving that way. What makes, what gives you the right to go tell somebody, even if they choose to be a slave, even if they want to be a slave, What gives you the right to tell them that they can't? You're going to go rule over them in some political office. That doesn't, that's not consistent with, with anarchy to me. What if they want to be a slave? Let them be a slave. (laughs) They choose to be a slave.
1: Yeah, I understand that. And um, I think that there's motivation. One of the big motivations is, you know, we have this illustration of the country uh, being at like a train and it's headed toward a cliff or something. and the two major political parties are they're they're just kind of competing for having this train just race there even faster to to the cliff. And there's a thought that the libertarian party could slow it down at least. some something to that effect, I guess, to stick with that analogy. What's the, what's the, what's the term? Is it collapsitarian? Is that, is that the term I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just let it crash? Let it crash and then we'll rebuild faster. Yeah. We'll figure out something else afterwards. Yeah. I, I personally um, kind of fall into that. I don't know if it's the right (laughs) thing to do or if it's just me being like a pessimist. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I'm,
0: I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I, I'd like to just kick back. Eat some popcorn and watch it burn. I mean, <laughs> because at this point, that's all that's actually happening. Yeah. You're not going to slow it down. I mean, that, to me, that's that's how I feel about it. You're not going to slow it down. It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, all empires fall. You, why are you trying to save the empire? Let it fall.
1: Yeah, and I personally am, am a pessimist when it comes to that. But I can see where people kind of get these ideas of where we can do something. I, I get that because... Um, and this goes back to the messaging thing that you brought up. I mean, historically, we do have an example, a very recent example, of uh, a man who ran for a political office and he did it intentionally more so to get a message out there. And so, which is Ron Paul during his uh, presidential runs. And the majority of people that are in the Libertarian Party or libertarians or even anarchists today, the majority of them. Were a part of that. Somehow, uh, it was Ron Paul's presidential runs that really inspired that change. Where I, I think I remember your story and mine are very similar. Where we weren't directly changed by those events, but we were changed by other people that were changed by those events, or those events kind of stuck in the back of our mind. And as we start down that road of consistency with liberty, that oh yeah, Ron Paul was right. You know, we, a lot of us have that. And so we do have this kind of historical example of the phrasing that run for this political party and you can make change. You can get the, the message out there um, and using this political party is very important because people are listening, uh, especially around, um, Around election times, people pay attention. They pay attention more, uh, even if the whole rest of the year, the last three years, uh, libertarians are a joke between themselves or even to the other parties. But you start getting those opportunities and those platforms and they'll listen to most, most people will listen to a political party rather than, I guess, just any Joe Blow's you know libertarian podcast.
0: You're right. I was not directly influenced by Ron Paul himself. Because I, I, the first time I ever even knew about Ron Paul, I thought he was crazy. I was booing him off the stage like a lot of the Republicans were on the debate stage. You know, They were booing him off the stage. And I I was one of those You know, watching these debates on TV. And I was like, this guy's unpatriotic. He doesn't support our troops. This guy's a nut, nut job. I will say this about Ron Paul. To me, and I've mentioned this to other folks, when, when they bring up Ron Paul, like he was getting a message out and he was we were brought into the libertarian liberty movement because of Ron Paul. And I was like, maybe, but not everybody was, but what Ron Paul did without a doubt is he proved once and for all that the mafia cannot be changed from the inside out. Yeah. We have to work on the outside of this and not within the mafia because you can't do it. It's he proved that once and for all as much as, and I'm grateful for Ron Paul. I'm grateful for the man because He says a lot of great things. I'm very grateful for what he's done, but he did finally, he proved it once and for all, you cannot change from the inside out. So why are you as an anarchist going through and trying to change the mafia from the inside out when even Ron Paul couldn't do it?
1: Yeah, that's a a good point because not only was he not able to do it, I guess, with just the uh, general vote and the general uh, society out there, you know, he changed a lot of people, but not nearly enough. Uh, but then also we saw some very suspicious activity even within re- the Republican party that was blocking him from actually excelling within the party and had that not happened he would have reached more people he could have won the the nomination um so yeah we saw it happen on a couple of different levels that it didn't it didn't work right and I guess I am sympathetic though to someone who says this time we can make it work. We've got more, we've got a bigger base right now uh, than Ron Paul had. You know, we have all these people that are woke up to the two party system and the immorality of the government and all of that good stuff. (laughs) Um, And I guess the idea is that if we just had another uh, person out there that could speak on the things that he spoke about, it's going to invigorate the audience that's already there and bring in even more people that are, still uh that are i mean it's not hard to see that people are frustrated with the government uh this year after the covet stuff and then even with or i probably wasn't supposed to say the c word on <laughs> no, we talk about it all the time <laughs> the covet stuff and the vaccines and you have a lot of people that are that are upset right now you know uh, with inflation you have people that are increasingly upset so there's always that idea and I think libertarians and Republicans, everyone kind of feels the same way come close to election time is that um, right now is a good opportunity for our message to get out there and to get everybody to vote the greater evil and the bad guys out of there.
0: But this is what I keep running into is what I'm talking to quote unquote conservatives they're not looking to the libertarian party because they're pissed off at joe biden right now they're thinking donald trump's going to come back and save the world I've, I've heard it more than once i mean they honestly think that's fixing to happen i'm like and i don't know i haven't looked this up to know if it for sure if it's right there's one of the, i don't know if it's the 22nd amendment but donald trump uh, i think can is not able to run for president again. I don't know if I'm getting that wrong or not. I saw somebody post something about it. And I really didn't look too much into it because I don't care if he runs for office again. But it's but if that's the case, I think it's just all uh out there beating a drum that's is is nonsense. And it's just I I I have a soft heart for libertarians and, and the and the struggles and what they're what they are fighting for. Because I believe that we should be fighting for liberty. I just don't. I just think they're going about it the wrong way, you know. So you know. So let's just let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about voting as a Christian, okay? Because I know I I agree with you with that. You can put the. It's hard to separate the two, Anarchists and Christian. You can't really separate them when you really come to the understanding of of the state and as you as with your faith and. I know I'm, I'm a full believer that the early church, if you read the writings of the, the early church, they were anarchists. They didn't run around calling themselves anarchists because the word didn't exist then, but they were anarchists. Jesus was an anarchist. I'm convinced that. Now, as a Christian, and we talked about how it's immoral to be involved in this stuff, I think we can separate it a little bit because and I've said this just off the cuff, just being a being a snark, a, a snarky anarchist, that I've almost decided to drop that label because it doesn't seem to mean anything anymore. And I'm just going to call myself a Christian because to me, it means the same thing. As a Christian anarchist, how, how, how is it justifiable to go and get involved with the state and vote for somebody to rule over your neighbor, even though there's they're not going to win? We know they're not going to win. But you're still you're still voting for somebody to to be in power over your neighbor, when Jesus was very specific when he when he was talking to us to as Gentiles. It will not be the same among you how they lord over each other. It's not you, we, we came to serve, not to be served. You know, so let's talk about that a little bit because this is this is where I get really in the weeds about it because. I can, I can battle uh, an anarchist and we can debate this stuff till we're blue in the face, right? But when you get down to, as a Christian, what what do you think is, is moral about going and trying to put somebody in power over your neighbor? That's where I draw the line at it, because I, I just don't think it's moral at all.
1: Right. No, and I understand that, um, you know, as a Christian, we look at some of these aspects of the state that uh, a lot of, well, a lot of people don't—they're uh, not there yet, right? They they don't understand when we say that the state's immoral. They don't understand what what we already know, what we've come to realize uh, that the state has the monopoly on violence, and that uh, everything should be voluntary. And uh, maybe they're not there yet, right? So they don't uh, they, they don't understand some of the language that we use, and when it comes to uh, a Christian voting and if they should vote, um, I think a lot of it comes down to the heart motive. We're directed that way in scripture a lot to look at the heart motive of things. And um, when one of the biggest scripture passages is first Samuel eight. And that's one of the biggest ones that I think really speaks to this topic. And it's where we have the, god's people demanding that they have a king just like all the other nations right so that's their their motive there is to have an earthly king and god says that demanding this king and having this king is a rejection of me right so i think first and foremost um, our desire as a christian our desire for uh, a king are we are we desiring a king are we wanting king and there are plenty of christians that yes they do we saw the way that this uh stuff shaped out with uh, trump over the last few years and this i mean just gross messianic sort of complex that people have um it really is uh terrible the way that the faith has gotten so entwined with politics where things within politics become synonymous with our faith you know you're if you're a republican it's now synonymous with being a christian and that is that is just first and foremost just terrible and there's nothing that can be defended for that a, a christian should not be looking to the state in any sort of godly way where we've made the state god you you mentioned
0: first thing, like, I'm relate I'm glad you brought it up cuz I was going to get to it but it, it, it leads me to this question God was very clear that he told Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. So if we can look at that as a Christian, as a Christian anarchist, you understand, first Samuel, what he's saying. If you go to try and vote for somebody to rule over you as your king or rule over your neighbor as their king, are you rejecting God when you're doing that? And if, if so, is that a sin? Is it a sin to vote? Because I think this, I've, I, I had a guy on the show the other day, we haven't released it yet, but I was listening to some other shows he was on. and um, He was kind of on the fence about it. He's a Christian anarchist, but he's kind of on the fence about whether it's a sin or not. And I tried to pin him down on it. And he, he still seems to be on the fence about it. Cause he's just not real sure. I know how I feel. I know where I'm at with it. I'm just kind of curious what you, what you think about that.
1: Well, I, I think the question becomes, you know, if you are voting, are you demanding a king in in your heart? Are you are you the same people that we see in First Samuel eight? And I I think that's something that I can't answer for everybody. I I think that we could probably all look at instances, especially once the election season starts uh, <laughs> warming up. I think we're going to see a lot of instances that we could all look to and, and speculate that that's probably what. The motivations that are behind it, and you know who really is this person's God, but I I don't think that it necessarily is. I do sympathize greatly with this idea of defensive voting or voting to put someone in office that can um, that can change things. I'm sympathetic. Am I optimistic about it working? No, I'm not. But I can sympathize with someone who is optimistic about it.
0: You brought up uh, defensive voting. I wanted to talk to you about that as well because this is, I think, where you and I differ a little bit because I've, I've seen you say that in the past, like in the Anarcho-Christian group, that you're sympathetic to it. And I understand the argument. Trust me, I really understand this argument that they use, and they always go back to Spooner mm. about defensive voting. Okay. To to me, and I don't – this – I think even if you're going to try to vote defensively, you're giving the state some legiti- legitimacy at the same time. And you're asking for, for permission not to be taxed for, you know, to me, it seems like if we just opted out, mm. they would fall under their own weight. And there's a French philosopher that said this, I can't remember. I, I can't even pronounce his name. I'm not going to try, but basically is what he's saying is I'm not asking that you, uh, bring up arms, I'm paraphrasing, bring up arms against the tyrant, but don't support them anymore and just watch them fall under their own weight. To me, that seems like the best course of action for Christians and anarchists alike, Christian anarchists, to just watch them fall under their own weight. We go back to the collapsitarian. They're they're running full steam ahead right off a cliff. Let them go. Because every empire falls. The Roman Empire fell and to think that the United States empire is not gonna fall, come on. We're watching it in real time, in my opinion. We're watching it happen right before our eyes. There's no way they can sustain themselves, in my opinion, at this point. You cannot start creating money out of thin air, go further and further into debt. This guy at work, he got out, there was something that came up with the Saudis and China about wanting to join forces about, I don't know, some kind of currency or something. He goes, man, you got, are you sure that you don't think that China's our biggest enemy? I said, our biggest enemy is our very own government. (laughs) Right. China's not taking money out of stealing money out of my paycheck. China's not taxing my truck. China's not taxing my house. China's not over here murdering people. The United States government is. He goes, well, I guess you're right. I can understand that. But he was so freaked out about it. I'm like, dude. You need to focus. You need to pay attention to what's going on in front of you, right in front of your face. Donald Trump. I told him. I said, Donald Trump pumped two trillion dollars of fake money into the economy, and he th- he goes, "Well, I just know when he was when he was president, we didn't have this inflation." I said, "Are you telling me that he didn't lay it? He didn't have a hand in this at all? Come on, man. This didn't start with Joe Biden. <laughs> Come on.
1: Yeah, there's a a, a problem within the United States of just uh, general ignorance and being unaware of the things that are really going on and how they work. Um, you know, everyone can grumble about the government, but a lot of people aren't aware that it is the printing of money that's devaluing our dollar. It's the restrictions that, that they're always doing what, uh, for tariffs or for taxes uh, on anything, federal or local taxes. Um, that really is the problem. It always comes down to that. And a lot of people don't, one, don't understand that. And then two, you couple that with the propaganda that is being pumped out there from from the news sources, from the government, where they're saying, yeah, uh, inflation, uh, I think I think just in the last year, we've heard that inflation was actually good. We've heard that it was Putin's fault. We've heard that we had, no, we. there's no way that anyone could have ever anticipated this happening, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and the public uh, buys it every single time. Um, so, yeah, so we've got two things kind of competing or working together with each other on that.
0: And I didn't mean to like throw you off track because I said a whole lot of things <laughs> when we were talking about defensive voting. And I, I, I think I started that with, don't you, do you think that it, it lends some kind of legit, legitimacy to the state with defensive voting? True. And I, we, I kind of got, went on a rant about something else <laughs> <I> didn't mean <laughs> to, to change that topic at all. Cause I kind of want to talk about that a little bit,
1: but no, I am. Well, getting back, um, you know, I guess you have us anarchists that are more aware of all of those things. And so what's the best way to, to handle it, um, politically or not politically. And there already is a, uh, feeling that we have, I guess we're brought up with in the two party system that we have to beat these guys. Cause they're the worst. And uh, that accepting of the lesser of two evil thing. And there is a way that I'm sympathetic to this idea of let's, let's get people in that will just stop things from happening. Um, if we could get someone in that just shuts down the department of education, things like that, you know, the, the CIA and the, these are those really lofty dreams that people have of once we get into power. Um, but again, my pessimism shows, cause I don't think it'll happen. There's always going to be something that something is going to stop that progress in my opinion. Cause I, I'm just, I'm not optimistic about it, but I am sympathetic. That is
0: uh, something that I always ask folks when they're saying want to get involved with, with politics on the libertarian side because when they, they they bring that up what you were just talking about if we get the right person in they will put an end to this I don't believe you <laughs> that's because yeah. because there's no there's no evidence of that whatsoever I mean Ron Paul was one man by himself and you got Thomas Massey and then you see Ron Paul. Rand Paul is not his dad for sure you know so and you've got folks like Thomas Massey he, he says a lot of things and sometimes I wonder like maybe at what point do you get exhausted with this and just walk away and be like, you know what? I think I'm just going to be an anarchist and not be involved with in this stuff anymore. Cause that's got to be exhausting for somebody like Thomas Massey. And it looks like it was, it was exhausting to Ron Paul, but I mean, he tried, he tried. Yeah. And, and kudos to him. He's got a lot more, uh, stay in power than I do. Cause <laughs> I, I can, walk well, when I can see something that's not going to work, I can walk away from it pretty quick, Yeah, but I'm going to argue with you <laughs> on the way out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that there is some things to be said about, um, whenever something good does happen, um, whenever, whenever taxes are lowered and and again, I'm talking like federally or locally, whenever something, you know, quote good does happen. Um, I think it's worth saying that it, it was a good thing. But also, I'm, I'm very much like you, and I really like the stories where change happened uh, and things didn't happen simply because people didn't participate. And I think, of course, number one, that would be the best situation if we just had – what is it like? Half the country doesn't even vote. See,
0: I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that because it reminded me of something that Ron Paul said when he was talking about taxes. And Somebody asked me, said something about well, 50% of people in this country don't even pay taxes. He goes, Well, we're halfway there, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, so and it reminded me of the same thing like, 50% of this country doesn't even vote. Well, we're halfway there,
1: yeah. It really is, uh, one of those things where it's the ants if everyone figured out how powerful they could be by themselves, right? But then that illustration gets used for voting, um, rather than than just completely rejecting the whole thing. And, and there's a lot of fear that's in there that if we do reject the whole thing, if we, then the bad guys are going to, are going to win and the, the, or the worst guys are going to win. Right. So we uh, try to pick the lesser evil, or we try to pick someone who maybe like the libertarian party, where we reject the Republicans because the Republicans are, are, uh, are just the lesser evil. And so we go with the libertarians and maybe Uh, the libertarians will either be a good platform for getting those ideas out there, or maybe they'll, it'll be an ability to get somebody in there. They can start making these small changes, slow down the train, slow down. uh, Maybe if the federal train is still going uh, full speed ahead, maybe the local stuff will be a little bit easier to handle if our local taxes are better, or if we have a sheriff that is um, a, a libertarian and has the same concerns that we do with non-aggression and voluntarism.
0: That reminds me of my conversation with uh, with David Hathaway, that sheriff out of Arizona, because he he emailed us. He he heard my conversation with Josh Allen about him, you know, about immigration and stuff, and he emailed us after listening that because he feels the same way. And but during this email, he said, "I know it seems uh, contradictory." I'm paraphrasing contradictory to be an anarchist, but also be a sheriff, hmm. and I was like, "We can talk about that <laughs> if you if you want." I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but and we and he talked about it a little bit. And I I understand what he's saying, and I'm like you, you're, you're sympathetic to certain things. I understand what he's saying. I get it. I just don't believe. I'm so pessimistic about this that I just hmm. don't believe him. I don't I don't care if it's a Constitution Party, Libertarian Party, Republican, Democrats. I just I just don't believe them anymore. There's nothing about it that I find any truth behind. I just don't believe you.
1: Well, we don't have any reason to ever believe a politician. They've always shown us that they lie at some point, that's going to happen. And some some more than others, you know, to give credit where credit is due, but um yeah, it's the uh power corrupts. Absolutely. I think that that is something I think a lot of people can get involved in politics with the best intentions. I, I do believe that. I think. that.
0: I, oh, I agree with you. I, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I, I, I was almost there. I mean, right before I moved to Tennessee, man, I was, I mean, I was about ready to run for state legislator in Arkansas. I had money backing me. I had, I had a, a group backing me. They would get me involved with, with Republican circles and, and and get me with meetings with these folks. And I was I was there. And then I got a call about a new job. <laughs> and I thank God every day for that, because it was something that was so frustrating because I think I this guy, uh, this guy that I've learned so much from about liberty, Mike Gaddy, I would get so mad at him because he was not showing me any kind of support for it. He goes, listen, Craig, goes, I think you have the best of intentions but you can't change the mafia from the inside. And it, it, that's stuck in the back of my brain. And he's right. And I think it's, it goes along with, this, with like Ron Paul. You just, he, he had the best of intentions, but he proved once and for all that you can't change the mafia from the inside. I think there's a lot of folks that do run for office with the best in, of intentions, but once you get involved with the mafia, you're now part of the yeah. mafia. Because it's not like Ron Paul had the perfect voting record. I mean, he voted us into war as well you know, you know what I'm saying? So there's always going to be something you're not going to be a hundred percent correct. Cause once you get involved with it, you're still involved with it. And I, I think that's how you get corrupted.
1: Yeah. At some point you're going to start making those exceptions uh, and those compromises. And uh, it seems like that's just the position you're going to be put into. The system is made for that. You know, we have all these bills that are thousands of pages long and it, it doesn't tackle just one thing. Right. So this is, the way the politicians use to get their special projects passed by putting them in the bills that have nothing to do with it, or it's very um, suspicious uh, that there's any relationship between their special project and something that we have to support because it's called the Patriot Act and you don't want to be unpatriotic, you know? So then they slide all these things in there and that's just the way the system works. And so, yeah, eventually um, it's kind of like the cop, Thing Right. Like the no good cop sort of sort of thing where it's like you you get into that system and you're either compromising because you're not doing what you should do or you're not as active doing what you should do or you're going to get fired. You're going to get voted out of there if you really are uh, doing what you should be doing. Uh, The politician thing uh, to me is very similar. Um, And maybe and maybe somebody has that intent. I I will I will. Uh, grant that, that you could have the intent of getting in there, uh, causing a ruckus in the system, and, uh, and knowing full well that you won't be elected the next time, or, or something like that. That's, like, that's where I like to say I am sympathetic to all of these things, and um, I am, though, pessimistic on if it could actually work, and we see all these these events in history that show that it, it hasn't worked so far, so... <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, and it just it reminds me also, like you know, I, I see a lot of people celebrating the, the the recent thing with the Supreme Court, the Roe v. Wade stuff, and this is where I'm at. I was like, there's something else going on here. You don't leak it out. <laughs> you don't leak it out. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I talk to Eric about this all the time. You know, your average American has the mind of a goldfish, and they cannot remember what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. maybe the Roe v. Wade thing was great. I don't know, but I think there's something nefarious behind it. I just don't believe you. Yeah. I just do not believe you.
1: I, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. You know, when it comes to a big decision like that, big political decision, um, is there a chance that finally uh, something won out that was that was correct? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a chance, but. Uh, just like any time a, a politician says we're going to lower taxes, they're going to raise it somewhere else. Uh, you know, so, somehow, some way, that good thing that the the government promised you is going to turn into something bad If for somebody. And it's going to affect you at some point if it's uh, printing more money and a year later, the dollar is out of control. You know, I could see that. That's where I'm at too,
0: man. I I don't want to keep you too long. And I I've been really looking forward to speaking with you. We we talked from time to time through text, and we talked on the phone a little bit the other day and stuff. And I always enjoy getting to, to speak with you because you've become a friend of mine over the over the past few years since all this started. I appreciate you, and I'm going to get down to Texas. I'm going to come see you and Kayla at some point, and <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I want to go try some of these uh, some of these beers that you're always showing off on on
1: Facebook. <laughs> Texas has really increased uh, its uh, beer game, you know, in the last ten years or so, uh, twenty years. It's it's really good stuff down here. Everybody's brewing some really good beer up here, down here. <laughs> you uh, you're pretty close to the same area where my
0: dad is. I need to get down there and see him too. So maybe if I can make that trip down there at some point we'll we'll make it make a plan to to meet up and go eat and
1: that'd be great some
0: beers and talk about uh no king but
1: christ (laughs) that would be great and i i have enjoyed this opportunity yeah because you can't get into little nuances about how people feel about things just through text messages or even facebook posts and
0: i know when you when you text me the other day it it almost seemed like you were a little worried about the conversation a little bit because you (laughs) i think you saw something i said i don't don't know i don't know what led to the text but when I was it, I was like, I think he's a little worried about this conversation today. <laughs> that's why I called you. And I was like, No, I know where you're at. I I understand your position. And like I said, we're pretty close to a lot of things. And there's a couple of things that we're going to disagree on, and that's fine, man. I'm all about it. I and mean, if we can have the conversation and we can keep the conversation going, because I want people to really think about this, you know, because we're 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 heading into the midterms right now. Mm and i am not looking forward to social media
1: <laughs> yeah
0: during all that but i want th- with this conversation i want people to just listen and if you're still going on that path where you think you can change things for the state listen to what, what steve and i have talked about today and take it to heart you know i pick on a lot of people about this and we hit ha- we butt heads quite a bit on this stuff but and that's okay but i want people to really that's I'm doing a series of of episodes leading into the midterms intentionally. There's, there's a reason why I'm doing it Mm -hmm. because I want people to start looking at this honestly. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something a while ago. There's a lot of, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff going on right now is really based on fear. Mm -hmm. And we, we have already been set free by Christ. Galatians five one tells us Christ set us free, not the United States of America. And we just get back to that. Just, just follow him because he's got our best intentions in mind. I don't, I, and I promise you that the, the state does not. Yeah. It's com- in complete conflict with one another. Before I let you go, why don't you go ahead and plug anything you want? Anarcho-Christian, obviously, but
1: anything you want to talk about, just let it out. Yeah. So there's the Anarcho-Christian podcast and um, I would appreciate any downloads and listens that uh, anyone uh, decides to, to do with, with our project there and um, I wish I could get more content out there, but you know, crazy life is, but yeah, if you go to anarcho-christian.com that'll take you to our website that has articles and links to the podcast. And if you already are familiar with the podcast thing, you don't even need to do that. You could just go to your preferred podcast platform and we should be there. We should be on everything. So if you just type in anarcho one word that should pop up and um, yeah, just uh, would be glad to have you listening and uh, joining the discussion on our, on our social media pages. And if you have any questions for me directly, uh, you can always message me on those platforms and I'll try the best I can to, uh, to answer questions about Christianity or anarchism or both.
0: <laughs> I remember when I first uh found anarcho-christian and i was so i th- I started messaging you on your page through facebook and you were you responded pretty quick and we had a pretty cool conversation you were saying some things I was like wait wait a second <laughs> the rapture's not real come on
1: <laughs>
0: i don't even know how we got into that conversation when i was trying to understand yeah. anarchy but it, it did
1: come up it was probably me i've got a uh well, bad habit or good habit depends on how you want to look at it, but uh, <laughs> a habit of turning everything into a theological discussion. So, it's
0: <laughs> no, but I appreciate it. I'm I'm very very thankful for your work and and I, I, yeah, it's tough to get content out there sometimes, and it, it like you said, it gets pretty busy. But I'm always looking forward to the next podcast that you put out. I'm, I'm
1: I appreciate it. I
0: listen to it. I listen to it immediately, and I I'm looking forward to the next one. So. Anyway, Stephen, thank you again for coming on. And we'll probably do it again at some point. And in the meantime, we'll just uh, talk about No king but Christ and the Anarcho-Christian group or the Bad Roman Discussion group. And we'll just keep going back and forth and see if we can change some hearts and minds along the way.
1: That's uh, that's what we're trying to do. And uh, thank you for having me on. And yeah, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening. All right, buddy, I'm going to let you get out of here and I'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Bad Roman Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts
1: to never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, it really helps people find
0: us. 100% of donations are given to local charities in Memphis, Tennessee. To learn more about the Bad Roman Project and to find show notes, please visit thebadroman.com.